Welcome to the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm Derek Van Viper here with Michael Beller. It is Friday, July 17th. We've got a special show lined up today, both because of our guest and because of the topic that we're going to discuss. Al Melchior joins us, of course. You know him from Fantasy Baseball in 15. You know him from the iteration of this show a year ago, almost daily, if you're one of the original listeners uh, to this show. So you know, thanks if you're still with us, of course. That's greatly appreciated. I think if you remember almost daily, like you will go down in athletic podcast uh, listener history as, as an all-time great. Uh, so the focus today is going to be an MLB wins league. So what we're going to do is we're going to draft all 30 teams, 10 teams each, and whoever's group of 10 teams has the most wins at the end of the season will win our little league. So we'll talk about some of the more interesting teams, some of the more interesting players, and put the fantasy spin uh, on this show that way, kind of just using the teams we select as the launching point for those various topics. So, Al, welcome to the Friday show. Welcome back to the Friday show. How's it going for you today? <laughs> uh, it's going well. It's going well. This is... This is uh... Yeah, it's it's a, it's an honor to be back. Thank you for uh, having me back, Beller. What's uh, what's going on with you on this Friday? I am just looking forward to a weekend here. It's going to be super hot in Chicago. Would have been a great weekend to uh, have some baseball games going on. But uh, I'm looking forward to this. I, I love this idea of uh, getting a wins league together. I love the idea of getting any sort of league together. Period. And I love the idea of doing something fun and different like this for this uh, different, hopefully fun season. So I think this is going to be a pretty interesting show, you guys. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I played in a wins pool back in my Rotowire days. I want to say this was probably almost 10 years ago now. There was a startup that mm-hmm. was trying to run a game where you could have any number of people, I mean, any number up to about 30, <laughs> and you'd, you'd draft teams for wins, and they would do this thing where it would be a point system that rewarded you for number of wins above the team uh, behind you. So, like, the, uh, the margin of victory determined the payout. And we didn't know that when we signed up. And I, for, I think <laughs> it, it, forget if it was if it was Peter Shanky or who it was, but I, I think it was one of the owners got completely boat raced in this format. It was like a hundred, <laughs> it was like hundreds of dollars it was supposed to be. And we got into the season. And it was just like, yeah, I'm not giving you guys that much. I think we were playing this for about 20 bucks, And it was we all kind of agreed. Like, yeah, we didn't realize it was going to be scored yeah. that way. So if we have any stakes, <laughs> just based on that experience, we should put them out there uh, up front very clearly. If you guys want to throw in like 10 bucks or something on this, you know, I'm, I'm down. But uh, you get the draft order kind of uh, worked out here, Beller. You got a plan to work it out, right? So what, what are we doing for the order? I do. So I uh, I depend very heavily for a lot of my pools. I run a lot of pools, guys. It's like obscene, especially during the football season. I actually have a spreadsheet that I need to keep so I don't miss like a pick here or a lead, uh, lineup there. It's it's insane. But through all of that, I have come to know a website uh, called random.org very well uh, where you can make a list and they'll randomize it for you. You can just throw any num- one through a million and they'll just pick a random number for you. So I've got that pulled up here. I'm going to show it to you guys, uh, listeners. Obviously, you're not going to be able to see this, but I'm showing it to DVR now. Uh, you can see our names in this list, I think. Yeah, right there. Uh, I'm, I'm last. Yep, Al's first. I've, I've got them listed. It's alphabetical order. Alphabetical <laughs> order. Al, Beller, DVR. And then you scroll, scroll. Oh, look at my phone. Oh, he's, he's going to hit the button. Okay, I, I thought. You see, there's a randomized, yeah. randomized button. Oh, yep. And I'll do it three drama. times just so it's totally random. And the third one, that'll be the draft order. We're doing this in Snake. So, all right, hit it once. First one is done. Al Beller, 
DVR. Didn't even move. Didn't even move. Yep. Was Here meant to be. Here comes the second one. DVR Al Beller. Here's the third one for real. Here's our order. Oh, back to the alphabetical. Al Beller DVR. That is our order. <sighs> Al, first pick. I've got the second DVR. You are on the turn with the third pick. All right. Well, at least I could double up on my turn. That's that's yeah. a small victory, I guess. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. So let's get this thing going. I'm I'm ready to go with the yeah. first pick. I All think right. it's a no-brainer. Dodgers. 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 Dodgers for me, yeah. I mean, what team has a better combination of hitting depth, pitching depth, quality depth all around? Um, yeah, I'm not uh, I, I'm not sure where there, there could be an argument for a team other than the Dodgers here. Yeah, I think they've got such a huge advantage in that division, too, when you look at the gap between them and the Diamondbacks and the Padres at 31 and a half and 30 and a half wins respectively it just seems like they're going to clean up in that division yet again and the depth of that team we've talked about it a lot so impressive so kind of a great 1-1 pick I think that's nine times out of ten the first team that goes in something like this it could have could have been the Royals but you know <laughs> I think even with Franchi uh, Dodgers get the nod yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a, a wise choice. Um, I, I would have taken them first, also. So I guess I'm on the clock. Um, I, I you look at the Yankees as a selection here. You look at maybe the Astros as a potential selection here. I do think it has to be one of them. I'm just going to go easy. I'm not going to uh, try to overthink this too much. The Yankees and Dodgers have the highest win over unders in Vegas, both at 37 and a half. Uh, the Astros are down a couple at 35 and a half. I will go with the Yankees here. I also think they get the benefit of a couple of really bad teams. Uh, the Orioles are going to be very bad. I think the Marlins are going to be pretty bad. The Blue Jays could go sideways this season. So I think that works out in their favor. I'll go uh, New York Yankees with our second pick in this one. Yeah, I mean, there's. I like it. Yeah, I just think they're one of those teams. They they, they replace key players as well as anybody. We've been really mm-hmm. blown away by that, I think, the last few years. and. Uh, and they're pretty healthy right now, too, which is unusual for the Yankees uh, at this point, of course, in the summer. But that, of course, because we're not in a normal summer. Uh, <laughs> I, I really don't want – I don't want the Astros. Like, they're the best choice on the board. They're the pick I should make. I got two, so I should – I mean, just by default, I should have to take them with one. But I'm going to have some fun with this. I'm actually going to take the Twins with the first pick. I still think the, the Central is a pretty good landing spot, even though they have to deal with the – the NL side of that, and there's a lot of parity in the NL Central, but I think the Twins have a leg up over every one of those teams within their own division. That was on full display last year. You know, I, I just like the way this team is constructed uh, overall. Fortunately, that Byron Buxton injury we saw earlier this week uh, doesn't seem to be too serious. There's at least a chance he's ready for opening day, uh, but they tick all the boxes for me. Like a legitimately strong offense, a well-managed pitching staff, just a well-run organization at this point in time. I'm going to go a little bit off script again. Not going to take the Astros with the second pick. I'm going to take the Rays. I think what we're looking for in a season like this is a team that can adapt quickly. And the Rays adapt to the roster they have and the limitations they kind of self-impose as an organization as well as any team in baseball. They get more out of less. And I think that's going to matter a lot. I think... Uh, there's there's an LOL next to the Red Sox win total in this uh, doc, and, and for good reason. <laughs> yes, I, I think between the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, and the Orioles, there are three below-average teams in the division. 
Uh, sure, you know, the Yankees are, are there, but I think the Rays are good enough to win everything this year. You know, they could win the division. Um, if I were betting this number in Vegas, I would take the over on 33 and a half. So I'm going to take the Rays in part because, frankly, I just don't want to root for the Astros at all if I can help it. <laughs> Well, and I had the Astros in our alternate universe. And by the way, didn't the Rays win our alternate universe? They did. Mm -hmm. They World, did. World yeah. Series. So yeah. So you know, I, I like both of those picks. And yeah, I you know, maybe that that we'll find out shortly. But maybe the Astros are going to fall to me. And having managed them in that alternate universe, I think they're they're a little scary in a bad way. They just they you know, unlike the Dodgers, uh, they don't have much depth on either the pitching or the hitting side. And, uh, you know, there's there's really some holes in the bullpen. And uh, I think that they could be, I don't want to say mediocre, but I think they could they could really under, there's a good chance they could really underachieve this year. Yeah, well, they are going to fall to you, Al, because I don't want to root for him either. I don't want to be sitting here like, this is all about fun, right? This is all about just having fun. And I just don't want to be sitting here on, a, I don't want to find myself three weeks from now being like, Right, come on, Altuve. Come on, Altuve. <laughs> I know that tattoo. That tattoo's finished now. You can do it. Come on, Jose. So I'm not going to take him. I'm going to pass on the Astros, and I'm going to take the Atlanta Braves. Um, we all know how great this team is. I think that they are uh, well-built for any sort of season. We love the Yasiel Puig uh, acquisition. We don't necessarily love the reason why it happened, but adding Puig to a lineup that already includes Ronald Acuna and Ozzy Albies and eventually Freddie Freeman. Obviously, we hope that he uh, is able to be healthy quickly. Um, this is uh, a situation where I think the Braves are looking like the best team, the clear best team in the NL East. So I will go Atlanta Braves, pair them up with the Yankees, my top two picks. That, maybe that's the World Series, guys. Yeah, I mean, it's totally possible that you got that right with those first two picks. Uh, Al, real quick question for you with the Braves. As you look at their pitching staff, they have a lot of interesting depth. Uh, Tuki Toussaint right now is is dealing with the virus, so he's he's away. But you know, they have uh, Bryce Wilson, they have Kyle Wright, they have Ian Anderson. Sean Newcomb's probably going to get a chance to start. Do you have any of those young starters in Atlanta that really jump off the page to you as, as good late round sleepers? Because I think they they have the luxury of being able to tandem start and do some pretty creative things in the back of that rotation if they want to. I you know I really hope that Bryce Williams or Bryce Williams Bryce Wilson I don't know who Bryce Williams is Bryce Wilson uh, gets a shot uh, yeah I'm looking at uh, at roster resource here they've got Kyle Wright fifth I don't know if that's just you know kind of a, a default uh, pick there or um, you know whenever I read a column on the Brave situation it seems like Wright is the one who's getting the benefit of the doubt to fill that uh, that fifth slot uh, for the time being but. Um, you know, either one I think would be fair. Fair game as a late round uh, sleeper, but I, I, you know, I think uh, Wilson, from for a fantasy purpose, uh, has a little bit more appeal, a little bit more strikeout appeal. Um, I'm going to go a route that I I often go DVR, which is that I'm kind of interested in Josh Tomlin because uh, you know the um, Truist Park. It's 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 a fair park. It's not really a pitcher's park, but it might be enough of one that Tomlin's home run issues might get masked a little bit. Plus, you know, as you mentioned in the East, the uh, level of competition isn't maybe quite as high and he could really help out a lot with whip. So I might like him even more than, than Kyle Wright. Hmm. Unexpected answer uh, based on the fact that I didn't even right. mention him as part of their depth in the question. <laughs> but yeah, Tomlin's <laughs> biggest flaw really is the long ball. So if you can mitigate that with the park, he can actually be pretty effective. So it could be a really sneaky, deep league sort of streamer if that opportunity uh, comes about for him. 
Uh, Al, you got two here at the turn, so what are you going to do behind the Dodgers? All right. Well, yeah, I had a bit of a dilemma, but yeah, being on the turn, I guess it's not really a dilemma at all. Uh, I was wondering if I should slot the Astros behind the Nationals, um, but I'll just go ahead and take the Astros with uh, my second round pick here uh, with you know all the caveats that I mentioned earlier in terms of you know lack of depth. Uh, you know, still the the offense has a, a lot of pretty hefty bats in it. And uh, if you got, uh, you know, Verlander and Granky and McCullers heading your rotation, you're not going to be that bad. So uh, I think I feel pretty safe with the Astros here. And then I'll go ahead and go with the Nationals, um, who in some ways kind of profile similarly that, um, you know, I'm not crazy about the, the middle and back part of their bullpens. And when I say back, I mean, you know, really, I guess, I guess really it's the front. Uh, the, the earlier innings. Uh, I do like the rotation a lot. So I think as long as uh, Strasburg and Scherzer stay healthy, healthy, and those are question marks, uh, that, that that should be fine. And who knows, maybe we get to see uh, how Kendrick actually get some steady at-bats and, and stay healthy. And, uh, you know, he would really go a long way towards shoring up the middle of that order. Yeah, I, you, yeah well, you and I have talked about him a bit. We've talked about Kendrick and Thames. I think both those guys are... Uh, going to be nice fantasy players this year, and it's going to be interesting to see how they fill the void created by uh, Anthony Rendon moving over to the Angels. But I do think they can do it, and I think they can do it uh, possibly by just getting even more somehow out of Juan Soto. Uh, I, I mean, he is just um, you know a superstar in the making and really already there, and I think someone who we should be talking about already in the Yelich Acuna uh, uh, Trout tier of fantasy player not quite there as a real life player especially with Yelich and Trout but as a fantasy player I do think we should be talking about him in that group and of course Mookie Betts Cody Bellinger can be in there as well to me those are clearly the six best hitters that we have in the fantasy game so I'd be very happy to end up with Juan Soto if I had any drafts and I do have one draft although I have the 12th pick so I'm not going to get Juan Soto but I would be happy to have Juan Soto on any of my teams uh for my third round pick uh, we're looking at the next really group of uh, next tier of teams. So we're, we've got the A's at 33 and a half wins and then a big group of teams at 32 and a half wins, Cubs, Indians, Mets, and Cardinals. I'm actually going to reach beyond the A's down to one of those 32 and a half win teams. I really like the Cleveland Indians this year, you guys. I feel like I've picked the Indians to at least go to the World Series every year for like five years in a row now, and they've only done it once. And of course they lost that once, but I think when you are able to go into this season with Shane Bieber, Mike Clevenger, Carlos Carrasco at the top of your rotation, and a one-two punch in the order of Francisco Lindor and Jose Ramirez, right? I mean, they might not be as deep top to bottom with their order as the Yankees or the Twins, maybe the Astros. I mean, the White Sox, if everything goes perfect for them, you could even throw them in there. Uh, but there's maybe no better one-two punch in the American League than Frankie and Jose Ramirez. So I really think that their offense is going to stick uh, very strongly with the rest of the league. And then throw Carlos Santana, Fran Mel Reyes into that mix too. I mean, it's not like this is going to be a bad offense, even if it's carried by those two big bats. So I really think the Indians can challenge the Twins in the Central. I think they're definitely one of the best teams in the AL. I think they uh, are going to be better than that 32.5 win mark. And uh, they're going to be my third pick here. Yeah, I think that's a really solid way to go. Uh, they really couldn't be on my radar because I, I don't want to stack early picks mm -hmm. in the same division, but I think the, they're the only other team that I could see really winning that division this year. I, I guess the White Sox, if the pitching comes through at a level 
above expectations could get there. The over-under total certainly nudges them into that consideration. But I really do think that's more of a two-team race still in the AL Central. Uh, I'm going to take the A's with the third pick that I have here and just covering the AL. Got one team from each division so far. But part of the reason I like the A's, I think they're a good defensive team. They don't really have any holes in the lineup. I mean, their weakest spot is probably second base. They're, in the worst-case scenario, going to platoon Tony Kemp and Franklin Barreto or Tony Kemp and Chad Pinder. If that's your nine-hitter, you can live with that in the AL. I think they have plenty of thump in the middle of the order. Uh, I think the pitching staff is really the wild card here, but I'm a pretty big Frankie Montas guy in fantasy leagues anyway. Jesus Lazardo has been away from the team but still throwing on his own, so I don't know if he's going to be quite as restricted as we would have thought maybe even a week ago. Uh, A.J. Puck doesn't have any restrictions. I think Chris Bassett's sort of their glue guy, much like Ross Stripling is for the Dodgers, maybe a slightly less interesting version of Stripling, but effective nonetheless. And you got Manaya and Fires as two guys that, you know, you don't like them as one and three starters necessarily, but they're at least good enough to be big league rotation guys. They always seem to find a way to pick up a couple relievers who exceed expectations as well. Uh, a bit like the West Coast version of the Rays. I just see them being creative and flexible in a season where creativity and flexibility will be heavily rewarded. I think the second pick here, the, four, the first pick of the fourth round, is really tough because there's almost nothing that separates the next 10 teams on yes. the list. Yes. So, <laughs> Except for the Red Sox. That's why the LOL is in there. Yeah, they, don't just, they just don't belong in that group. I'm just <laughs> pretending like they're not even there. Uh, so this is going to be more about diversifying what I've got. i got to get an NL team. Uh, I'm not going to pick the Mets this early. If they fall to my next turn, maybe I'll take them. I just I, why, why trust the Mets? Never, ever, ever trust the Mets. The NL Central is going to be just a complete bloodbath this season mm -hmm. and I'm gonna go ahead and, and let you guys take your first cracks at that division and I'll take whatever's left even though I have a team I root for in that division I'm gonna take the Arizona Diamondbacks I think okay. they are a little bit of a, an underrated team they're a mile behind the Dodgers but I think when you compare them to the rest of the NL like if you put the Diamondbacks in a different division you could see them winning any one of those divisions the rotation's yeah, a little bit better than people give them credit for. They were an elite defense last year. Um, one guy I actually like in this offense, I'm going to write him up for ads and drops. We'll talk about him probably more extensively on Sunday, is Jake Lamb. They've got a couple injuries in the corner infield right now. I think uh, Christian Walker and Kevin Crone are both dinged up. I think the universal DH already was going to open up big side platoon opportunities for Jake Lamb. I'm more confident in that happening right now. Um, so really just a, a well-built team, and I feel like we said this when we had Mike Farron on the show about a month ago. Mike Hazen and this front office don't get as much credit as they probably deserve. They kind of aced the Paul Goldschmidt trade, mm -hmm. and that's been kind of swept under the rug. I think everyone loves Zach Gallen. Um, so there's just a lot to like about this organization right now. The only thing you don't like about the Diamondbacks is that they have to deal with the Dodgers in division, but right. I'm going to trust them to beat up on the rest of the NL West teams. Hey, Mike Hazen's first uh, acquisition was Cattell Marte. I, I mean, he made that move like a month after the job, after he got the job. Yeah, I mean, Hazen's probably what, like in the David Stern's tier of of GMs, right? Like, like why, mm -hmm. why, why not? Like, I, whatever first or second tier. Like, I just think the the body of work kind of speaks for itself. I love this pick, <clears throat> I, I, absolutely, because it's. Uh, I mean, if you look at the lineup. Seven, eight, nine projected on roster resource, and this this rings pretty true. Ahmed Lamb and Carson Kelly. That's the bottom of the order. Uh, pretty strong. And then they've got incredible rotation depth. Um, 
you know, I always talk up Merrill Kelly. He's having a good uh, preseason We know you camp. love him. You love Merrill I Kelly. I do love we him. And he's their number it. five we starter. We've heard it over and over again. <laughs> yeah. You love Merrill Kelly. <laughs> and I love the bullpen too. I, I, you know, and actually, uh, I mean, if you're doing this on a typical fantasy basis, I mean, I actually think Archie Bradley is maybe one of the more vulnerable closers. Uh, and they've certainly got a number of uh, potential replacements who who are you know capable of being really good closers, and they'll they'll shine in whatever role uh, that you have them in. You know, whether we're talking about Junior Guerra or Kevin Ginkle, Andrew Chafin, um, yeah, really good, solid, deep team. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the pick, too. Um, I, I'm a D-backs fan. I do think that they are uh, easily a playoff contender. I'll break our seal on the NL Central. Uh, I felt pretty comfortable not taking the Cubs last round. I was pretty sure you weren't going to take them, DBR. <laughs> I'll take them here. I'll take the Cubs. Uh, 32 and a half is their over-under. I actually don't feel great about it. Uh, the Central is going to be a very tough division. I think whoever comes out of the Central is really going to have to earn it. Like Even if they only go like 32 and 28, I could see the central winner having the worst record of any division winner, but being, you know, maybe the very next team behind the Yankees and Dodgers, just because this is going to be a really strong division, I think. Um, And even though the Cubs are still a very top heavy team that hasn't quite lived up to the names on paper over the last couple of years, uh, I think you feel pretty good going into any game with your top of the order being Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez, Wilson Contreras, Kyle Schwarber feel pretty decent about a rotation that's going to start off with Kyle Hendricks and you Darvish. The bullpen is a problem, uh, but I do think that uh, they are built to overcome that with what the offense uh, can bring, and you would hope that in a short season, Darvish can stay healthy. John Lester doesn't have to worry about throwing 180 innings. Uh, they get Jose Quintana back hopefully sooner rather than later, and he doesn't have to worry about making 30 starts. So I still think that this is a well-built team and certainly one capable of giving me you know, 32, 33, 34 wins here. All right. I'm up for two. Don't take uh, the team I want. This was a, that was a hard choice for me. I made it sound easy, but it wasn't. Don't, don't take the team I want. Don't do it. Don't do it. All right. I won't. Well, <laughs> You know, you said that, you know, this is all about fun and, you know, we're in this middle portion now and teams are really bunched up. So I'm just going to go for it with two teams that I just really like. Um, And I will say I had a bit of a dilemma between the Reds and the Cardinals Mm -hmm. and uh, the Cardinals are projected for for one more win. And they've, you know, certainly had the the track record of success. I'm going with the Reds here. I just, (laughs) I did it, huh? That was the team. I think the Reds oh, are going to win the, I think the, I love, win the division. I just had to have the Cubs. I love their rotation. Yeah. I just love this rotation. And, you know, the fact that uh, it, it doesn't even have Tyler Malley and, and Cody Reed in it. And, you know, those guys can be fantastic as, as uh, you know, follow-up guys, piggyback guys. And then, you know, the rest of the bullpen, really good. And uh, a lineup that pretty much doesn't quit. So... Yeah, I uh, like the like the Reds a lot, and then I'll follow them up with the Padres, even without Ooh. Franchi Cordero. Whoa, whoa, even yes. without Franchi too. Yeah, even without Franchi. Yeah, I know it's it's a bold move. Yeah, we uh, that is, we had that's a hell of a turn right there, Al. I love those two teams. <laughs> Franchi, not even kidding. I love those teams. Well, Franchi Cordero at least gets a chance to play on a big side of platoon now. I think in Kansas City, I think he's their default right fielder, probably against right-handed starters. I think Hunter Dozier was previously listed in the outfield. He can move in and play a lot more first base. I think first base was the obvious position of weakness, and having an extra outfielder now that'll shuffle things around. I think when uh, Ryan O'Hearn is healthy, maybe we see Michael Franco get pushed a little bit at third base by Dozier. So I'm just not worried about Cordero's playing time at all. He's going to be one of those guys that for people drafting this weekend or early next week, 
he's going to become a late-round option, at least in 15-team mixed leagues. I don't know if he's a 12-team mixed league guy just yet. Maybe it depends on matchups for the week. Maybe he's a little more of a streamer in that format. But a stat cast darling and a popular player in the fantasy community. But yeah, the Padres, that's a fun team to take for something like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. They uh, the, the way they're built for this season with the with the bullpen is going to be really interesting to see what they end up doing. And, I mean, you're telling me in 60 games, like Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis both can't just get super hot and finish like 1-2 in MVP voting? Of course, that's totally in play in a 60-game season. So I think they're a fun team. Those are two Those are two teams that were on my radar, L, you jerk. Uh, it's <laughs> the most fun part of any draft. Getting, I was the, def- I really getting do, the expletives. Yeah, I really do think the Reds are going to be the uh, the NL Central champion. But, uh, you know, I'm wearing a Cubs shirt right now for crying out loud. I had to take the Cubs. So uh, uh, it falls back to me now in the middle of, uh, in the, middle of the uh, fifth round. And uh, top teams on the board, at least in terms of win totals, Mets, Cardinals at both 32 and a half. And then still that group of teams at 31 and a half. Again, I am going to go with one of those 31 and a half teams. I like the Angels, you guys. I'm going to take the Angels here. Um, I think this is a, a team that can do a lot with the offense. Uh, obviously, Mike Trout starts it all, but then Anthony Rendon, Shohei Otani in the middle of the order pretty much every single day. I like what they're going to do with David Fletcher. Tommy Lastella, I think, was a, a real uh, find for them last year in the way that he mashed right-handed pitching. If he can stay healthy, that's a, a strong bat atop the lineup most days. Uh, I think there's still plenty left in the tank for Justin Upton as well. Maybe they get Joe Adele mixed in. And then I like the rotation as well. Uh, they bought some time for both Andrew Heaney and Griffin Canning. Uh, we'll get Shohei Otani every single Sunday, which will be a lot of fun. And I think that this is a team that can uh, put something together in the AL West and be, you know, maybe not quite a threat to the to the Astros, but definitely a threat to uh, to make the playoffs here. So uh, I do think that the Angels are a strong team as we're in the middle of the fifth round, approaching the halfway point, and uh, they're going to be my pick uh, over the teams like the Cardinals and the Mets. Yeah, no, good good choice, uh, especially, I mean, never bet on the Mets again. Some of the best advice <laughs> anyone could ever give a person. Uh, you said you were thinking about them if they made it back to you here. I know, and I'm going to think about it a little longer. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the Brewers. Um, the Brewers are better than the Cardinals. The Cardinals are garbage. They're a garbage franchise. <laughs> Their team is not good. They're not going to win more than 20 games this year. Um, I would smash the under uh, with my life savings if I could get to a sports book in time. I'm being a little bit over the top, of course. The Cardinals are obviously one of those teams that is very well run, and they always find a way, even when everything's going wrong, to still be a thorn in the side of every other team in division, to still find their way into the playoffs and to then win games in the playoffs. So um, I have respect for what this organization does. I do think that over-under is a little high. I think they've probably had as much attrition as any team in the league, especially in the bullpen. I was reading Mark Saxon's piece about their bullpen, it's a mess. I mean, Alex Reyes is away from the team right now. Giovanni Gallegos hasn't been able to leave Mexico to come to summer camp yet. John Brebia had to go undergo Tommy John surgery. He's out for the season. Um, you know, it's it's a crazy breakdown just in that facet. And I think there's still some questions about the effectiveness of their back end starters. They have a couple holes potentially in the lineup. I know they have got interesting depth guys that could come up and actually take those spots. Um, so I'm just. I'm not looking at the Cardinals as a 32-and-a-half win team, even though I'm wise enough having seen them my entire life do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Brewers are in the mold of every other team that I'm drafting. I'm drafting flexible teams that can do unique things. I like the fact that even if Freddie Peralta and Corbin Burns aren't used like traditional starters, they're probably going to get more than one or two innings at a time. They're probably going to be three, four, even five-inning guys. 
Uh, we probably will see some tandem starts. We probably will see Josh Hader and Corey Knebel sharing save opportunities. I love the way the Brewers use Josh Hader, and I hope they kind of go back to what they did last time Knebel was healthy, even though that makes things more difficult for fantasy owners. In a way, it's actually a good thing because it opens up saves, and Hader's really valuable anyway. Uh, the only concern I have about the Brewers right now, at least as this weekend approaches, is the health of Keston Hira. He had that arm injury coming out of college the year he was drafted. They say it's not related. I just, the, the way that was phrased was they don't believe that it's related. You know, it was one of those kinds of things where it's like, okay, like you didn't say it's definitely not. And <laughs> I do think with Keston Hira, he's a really important piece in this lineup. But I do think mm-hmm. the Brewers are well built to have the universal DH. I think with four starting outfielders, they were one of the big winners in the NL. Like having Ryan Braun in the lineup every day, having mm-hmm. Avisail Garcia in the lineup every day, and not having to choose or not having to push Braun to first base where he doesn't seem that comfortable, that's good for this lineup. So this is a team that still ticks a lot of boxes for me. Uh, it's picking with my heart, to be clear. The Brewers are... Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. you did get a little earlier, so I'm, I'm happy yeah. to do it here and... You did just guarantee uh, like a 390, 440, 560 season out of Tommy Edmond, though, just so you know. I know. I, I apologize <laughs> to everybody for that. I was I was going to say the Cardinals being the Cardinals, you know, that Brad Miller is going to hit 20 home runs. <laughs> yeah, Brad Miller wins the home run title. Uh, Adam Wainwright wins a mysterious Cy yeah. Young at the end of his career. It's just like yeah. they go they go 51 and 9. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm laughing because it could happen. Oh. All right, so it's a time to break my own rule. I don't have a team in the NL East yet. The Mets are still sitting there. The Phillies are still sitting there. I'm not going to break my rule. I'm taking the Phillies. There's a one-win difference between these two teams. The Mets are a cursed franchise. Their ownership is garbage. They actually are a garbage franchise. I think Mets fans deserve better. I I, I feel bad for they them. Do. I really do. Like I think Mets fans actually deserve better than what they get. Um, I'm going to take the Phillies, though. The gap between the top four teams in this division is so small. They could easily find the top of the division. They could get to the 34, 35 wins. Uh, I, I think they've got a decent rotation. They're going to push their young players a little bit, too. I think we're going to see Spencer Howard fairly early. We're going to see Alec Baum very, fairly early. Uh, I think having the uh, return of a healthy Andrew McCutcheon is, is kind of an under-discussed boost to this offense mm-hmm. as well. So I, I do think the Phillies are legit. So I'll go Phillies over Mets in this spot to get some representation in the NL East. There you go. I like that. I, if I was, if I, there was a team I was going to take that I am going to take, but uh, then if, if you would have taken them, I would have been deciding between the Phillies and the Mets too, and I would have ended up taking the Phillies also. I think that is a little bit of an undervalued team. And you know, thirty-one and a half, you can't really push the oh, their their win total that much higher. But it does feel like the sort of team where. It's not going to take much for things to go right for them, and right could be 33 and 27. Uh, but I don't think it's going to take too much for for them to have a bounce back year after being right at 500 last year. The 81 and 81 are right around 500 last year. So uh, I'm going to move on though from there. I've already got one team in Chicago. I'll take the other team in Chicago. Oh, it sucks. Uh, I, I've talked to both of you guys plenty about how much I like this offense, and I just see I. Just, yeah, I'll trade you the White Sox for the Reds. That's on the table. It's available. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that uh, that this offense is just going to be excellent. I, I mean, right now, this is another one of my go-to phrases. Right now, their offense is a theory because we haven't seen all the pieces fit together. 
but how does this not become a fact? How does this theory not instantly uh, become a fact? This is like e equals MC squared. I mean, with with Tim Anderson, Yoan Moncada, Jose Abreu, Edwin Encarnacion, Aloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, Yasmani Grandal. I mean, a lineup like that does not fail unless there are a ton of injuries. So I really think that they're going to be a great offensive team and that that's going to carry them. I think they have enough in the pitching staff, especially if Lucas Giolito uh, is a true ace, which I believe he can be. Uh, but I just am totally, totally buying this offense as one of the best in the majors. So I will go with the Chicago White Sox and trust that that lineup can carry them to you know 30-plus win season here. Nice. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, they're kind of like the AL version of the Reds. They don't have the pitching mm-hmm. in place quite yet, but the young core there is definitely uh, one that could give them a lineup that 1-9 to nine is a well-above-average American League lineup. I think that's where the White Sox' immediate strength uh, is going to yep. be. So nice value here in the sixth round. I see a bit of a, a drop-off. There are the two teams that really sort of stand out to me for, for Al's turns here, and I, I think he's going to get pretty good value if he takes both of them. Uh, I'm afraid I'm I'm not going to though. Um, <laughs> I'm not loving these options now, and yeah, that that hurt a lot. That hurt a lot, and I was actually considering the White Sox when I took the Padres. Um, so I thought I was going to get really lucky and have them slide to me. And uh, I'm going to make some picks that are probably just really going to bore me. Um, so I'll take the Cardinals here. Uh, you know, they were. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they were kind of in the discussion for me, you know, along with the White Sox and the Padres. So, um, in fact, I mentioned back when I took well, the Reds at that turn. Yeah, I'd mentioned that I thought of them. So, you know, solid team all around. And, you know, like we said, you know, Brad Miller will have the 20 uh, homer season and Adam Wainwright and Daniel Ponce de Leon will, you know, be the un- unforeseen one-two uh, power tandem because uh, that's just how the Cardinals roll. So. Uh, this next one's going to be tough, though. I just can't with the Mets with that rotation. <laughs> yes. I just. <laughs> uh, so I'll go with a little bit of upside here with the Blue Jays and hope that uh, Ooh, you know the that's young a players, fun pick. The young players click. I also I only have uh, the Astros as my only AL team, so my NL bias is showing really badly here. So, uh, and the Blue Jays to me are the the superior AL team that's left in the pool. So. Hope that uh, that that offense clicks, and um, I don't have a, a ton of hope for the pitching, but uh, you know, hopefully they'll they'll beat up on some of the weaker teams in the East, and uh, and they'll make this a worthwhile pick. All right, guys. I mean, I don't love the Mets either, but I'm obviously taking them. I mean, this could be a very good offense. This could be a really good offense. Jeff McNeil, Pete Alonzo, Robinson Cano is back with the team. I love that J.D. Davis has an everyday spot. Michael Conforto is a guy who I've always liked. This could be a really good offense. And then uh, Jacob DeGrom at the top of the rotation. Uh, I mean, you know, the the two through five might not give you a ton of confidence, although I think Marcus Stroman, Rick Porcello, and Steven Matz are at least guys who we should trust to do basically what they do. But you can get by with that when you've got the best pitcher in baseball taking the ball for you every fifth game. So I will smash the Mets here. Thank you very much for letting me get the Mets. Now, you can have the Reds, Al. Take the Reds. Don't even want the Reds. Never wanted the Reds. <laughs> Give me the Mets here. Let's go Mets. I just feel like the Mets, you know, when you're having a random, like, I don't know, yeah, like an itchy patch on your skin or something. So you go to WebMD and you're like, I have chronic itchiness on my hand. What What do I have? And it's like, you have a hand that's going to fall off. And you're like, what on earth? How is that possible? <laughs> like, usually it's not that. Your hand is fine. It's like eczema or something that lotion will fix. And then the, the, the Mets are like, 
Oh, your hand actually will fall off. Like they're the worst case scenario all the time when you when you Google symptoms. Like that's that's the only way I can describe this team. Like they're they're cursed. It's perfect, actually. It's it's just a cursed franchise. Maybe maybe the ownership change will help, but frankly, it's probably going to get worse somehow. Like that's just how it these does seem. Work. Like I mean, when you see the names that are involved, it seems like oh my god, this actually might get worse. More of a this circus actually... is possible yeah. um, in, in the range of outcomes. Again, because Mets, I'm so sorry, Mets fans, you don't deserve this. Uh, some interesting teams still on the board. We have our, our LOL Red Sox in, in the AL East. That's um, what is that number supposed to be? I feel like we should talk about that. Like if if you were setting the line on Red Sox over under wins. What would you set the line at? I, I would I'd probably go, go like twenty-eight. Tw- yeah, I think I was. I was going to say twenty-seven and a half. Like, I mean, obviously, you look at these numbers, and you have way more teams above five hundred than not. I mean, you know, odds makers know what they're doing. People want to back optimism. No one wants to go and bet a win under. People want to bet win overs. That's why you see way more teams over five hundred than under five hundred. Uh, but I think that this team's real total is yeah, like twenty-seven and a half. I mean, this team. I, I think they're a mess. I think they could be a really bad team, but you should definitely take them, DVR. Yeah, i i don't I don't really like rooting for the Red Sox anymore. Like I kind of mm-hmm. before they got their World Series what, fifteen years ago now, I, I kind of felt like yeah. the it'd be cool to see them win, and then I got really sick of mm-hmm. Boston teams winning stuff. So those days are you know long past. <laughs> but I want to do something a little different yet again. Uh, I'm just kind of looking at the way. I've built this so far. I mean, I'm invested pretty heavily with the Rays as my second pick, so I think that's part of why I'm staying away from Boston as well. I just want the Rays to clean up in that division. I do think there's quite a bit of parity in the AL West. I I like what the Rangers uh, are able to do with Mm -hmm. back-end pitching. I mean, I think Lance Lynn was a great success story a year ago. You know, Mike Miner was a guy they signed who was a reliever with the Royals. They bring him back as a starter. He's done really well there. So you kind of wonder, can Kyle Gibson and or Jordan Lyles uh, have similar success in Texas. They're opening up a new ballpark this year. They don't have the same characteristics as some of these other teams I've drafted. I don't think they're a good defensive team really at all, so run prevention could go haywire for them. It's possible in their range of outcomes that they're an awful run prevention team. Uh, but I do think they're good enough to hang in that division. I like the fact that the Astros aren't supposed to run away with it. So I'll make the Rangers my seventh pick. Uh, and I'm going to go with the Colorado Rockies as my eighth pick. No one likes the Rockies. In that ballpark, who knows in a shortened season? Can you beat Coors as a pitching staff in a 60-game season? Eh, more likely than 162. So I guess it's more of a what-could-go-right sort of pick. I think I like them a bit more than, than Vegas does in this case. And it's probably a big mistake to not take the Red Sox over the Rockies. But uh, I, I do think there's a, a chance that they can maybe be a little bit better than expected too because, well, who knows? Like AL teams going in there a little more often. Maybe that causes some problems. Now I understand that you know you have to take Coors Field into account, but I, I I don't think there should be any question that the Rockies have a better rotation. I actually think if Kyle Freeland rebounds, you could have a nice one two three there with uh, with Marquez Gray and Freeland. Yeah, I mean the talent's absolutely there, so it's it's just the usual randomness and extreme difficulty of, of having to, to deal with that park. They're going to hit no matter where they play. I mean, with Arenado with a healthy doll, Trevor Story, Charlie Blackman back with the team, they're going to hit. So I would have taken them too, actually, over the Red Sox. At this point, though, uh, we've had a lot of laughs at the Red Sox expense, which we obviously should and will continue to have. But beyond the Red Sox, we are now reaching the bottom of the barrel. Other than the Red Sox, the only teams left on the board are the Pirates, Giants, Marlins, Mariners, Royals, Tigers, 
and Orioles. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, I mean, I would not be, uh, you know, one of the athletics go-to gambling guys if I reached past a team with a 31.5 over-under win total for one with a 25.5 or worse than that over-under win total when all we're talking about is getting wins. So even though I'm the person who put the sheet together and put the LOL next to the Red Sox win total, I have to take them. I can't take the Pirates or the Giants. And I don't really want to sound enthusiastic about the Red Sox. I do think that JDM and Rafael Devers should do what they do. Uh, but outside of that, uh, Xander Bogarts also as well, of course. Uh, outside of that, there's not a whole lot of enthusiasm uh, behind this pick. But at this point, it's the obvious play here. So, uh, yeah, give me the uh, look at this. Teaming up the Red Sox and the Yankees. Teaming up the Cubs and the White Sox. Uh, got some strange bedfellows here, but uh, that's what it's going to be. I'll take the Red Sox here. Big payroll for the teams that uh, you've compiled in this thing as yeah, well. Yeah, let's do it. Big, let's big do spenders it. across the board. <laughs> this rotation could be really bad. Eduardo Rodriguez is one of the really guys bad. they can't afford to lose, and, and he's away <laughs> yeah. right now. Maybe he's back soon after the season begins. Evaldi with multiple Tommy Johns, just he scares me from a fantasy perspective as well. Even if both of those guys are healthy, they're relying on Martin Perez, Ryan Weber, Brian Johnson, you know, Colin McHugh doesn't look like he's going to be ready at least to begin the season. It's gross. And then they've got some guys in the <laughs> bullpen who are missing right now too. So I I think this is one of the easiest unders. Like if you can find a 31 and a half on oh the Red Sox, God. I don't know if those are still going to be out you there. You can. You can. I just pull, I just pulled these up yesterday. Oh man. Uh well, Yeah, that's that that is their current win total is 31 and a half. And we should say we've been referencing these. Uh there isn't an Angels one posted everywhere because of the uncertainty with Mike Trout, but where you do see an Angels one, it's at 31 and a half. Yeah. I mean that that totally makes sense. I I think yeah. Red Sox under is one of the clearest unders. I, we talked about the Blue Jays a little favorite, earlier. It's my favorite bet on this whole board, over or under. I mean, Al's last pick uh, on the Blue Jays in the seventh round, I think they're a team on the rise. I think they're a good high-variance over bet. And I think if you believe in the Jays going over, part of them getting there is the Red Sox going under. Those those bets sort of uh, coexist nicely. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. That makes, <laughs> makes me feel better. Al, I'm excited you get to dip into this uh, this group of this bottom tier of teams. We should tell all you guys out there, too, listening, that Al's got a Mariner's hat on right now. He's got two I do. picks. Two picks. I do. And a Mariner's hat. So I feel like one pick is already made. Don't let me I bully do you into it. Don't let me bully you into it. I'm just yeah. saying. You know, no, I was going to say one pick is made, but it's the Giants. Uh, you know, they, they could be not terrible <laughs> that's all you're looking for at this point we've got seven teams left all you're looking for is not terrible you know the uh the top six or seven in in the lineup is could be pretty good uh you know if we get something uh, close to the hunter pence of 2019 it, it could be downright intriguing i like alex dickerson like to see him stay healthy uh michael yastrzemski was was something of a revelation last year as Love a rookie him. yeah um uh, so the lineup could not be you know too terrible, although and they've, they've got the, the hurdle of their home park, which is horrible for hitters. And so you could say, well, maybe they just win a lot of low-scoring games. And uh, I do like the rotation. I was kind of sad to see a report uh, that the Giants are going to be one of these teams that are going to limit their starter innings and, and use a lot of piggybacking because I don't love the bullpen, but I really do like the rotation. In fact, I've got three of the five on my Tout Wars team, and now I might you know wind up dropping one or two of them because of the uh, the innings. But you know, if they change course or maybe as the season progresses, if uh, Samarja and Gosman, Smiley, I like I like Tyler Anderson. Um, you know, if they let them go a little bit longer, 
Uh, maybe that you know maybe the, maybe they could be a five hundred ish team. So I think it's that's possible. The one pick I yeah. felt certain about. I, I think it, it, as much as you trust a, a GM to just keep trying different things and, and picking players mm-hmm. up, I mean I think the Giants have shown with with Farhan Zaidi in charge, they're they're going to make those kinds of moves and and take a few chances. I know they're not trying to win a ton of games if they're not hanging around near the playoff picture, but at the same time, they're not just sitting back and completely punting spots and just going on autopilot for the whole season, too. The next one's tough. Yeah. Really, really it's tough. It's a bad group now. <laughs> I mean, these are yeah, these are all... I mean, the Pirates have the same win total expectation as the Giants, 25 and a half. So that's out there for you. But this is, I mean, this is the, it's hard to get excited about any of these remaining six teams. Yeah, it really is. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I have to admit, I'm actually considering the Marlins here mm-hmm. uh, because I think there is some upside there, both offensively and defensively. You know what? What the heck? I'm taking the Marlins. Oh, my God. I think you got a soft Can't spot stay, for the Marlins. Can't even stay I true do. to his own hat. And and I get I get punished for it every single year too. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really work out most of the time. Uh, I think the thing that bothers me about the Marlins is they shouldn't have traded Zach Gallen. Like that was it, it, Jazz Chisholm might get become a really good player. Like that could happen. And I understand like there's nothing guaranteed with pitcher health long term. I just don't think that was the right choice. And I look at their rotation. I think. Wow, if you put Zach Gallon in there, bump everybody down a spot, you feel a little better about it. It just seems like every pitcher is going to be a little overmatched against, especially in that division. That's a division with plenty of quality rotations. I think that's the thing that's going to hurt the Marlins the worst. But of these teams, there's some what could go right on the hitting side. I think that's the thing that maybe has changed in Miami. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, they they, they love trading pitchers. That's their thing. That's the, <laughs> that's the Marlins thing. I mean, what if you put Luis Castillo in this rotation or Chris Paddock in this rotation? That's a point I was just going to make. <laughs> right? I shouldn't have taken the Marlins just so that we wouldn't have to have this conversation right now. <laughs> we would have had it eventually. Yeah, true. <laughs> we, would have, we would have had to have had. I do agree with what DVR said, though, that if you're looking for things to go right, uh, focusing on the Marlins offense out of all these groups of teams, I think is the one where it could go the most right. So I think if I was in your spot, Al, I probably would have taken the Marlins too. So good pick, good pick. I am not going to take the Pirates. They are the top team on the board at 25 and a half. Then we've got the Mariners at 24 and a half, the Royals at 23 and a half, the Tigers at 21 and a half, and the Orioles at 20 and one half wins. I'll take the Mariners here. Um, this is, I'll be honest, as much a sort of a pot odds play as anything. I only have one AL West team. That's the Angels. In fact, I only have one West team, period. That is the Angels. So I, I spread my portfolio a little bit with the with the Mariners. And they're another team that I could see things going right enough for them to have a decent offense. Um, yeah, it's obviously, I mean, they're the, what, the 20, 26th team selected out of 30. So we're not too excited about any of these teams. But I do think that there's enough with this team on offense for them to not be the worst team in the majors. Maybe not even the worst team in the West. I could see them climbing up and you know maybe being better than a, a disappointing Rangers or a disappointing Angels team. Obviously, I don't hope that happens since I used my fifth-round pick here on the Angels. But I do think there's enough in the offense for them to be uh, the right play for me, especially when you look at the rest of my portfolio. Yeah, I think at this point, you're just trying to not compete too much against yourself, just knowing the way yep. the schedule is built. And 
fortunately, I've only got one team in the NL Central. It's nice to see the Pirates as kind of a slight nudge above the rest of the pack. And with two picks here, I'll take the Pirates with the first one. Um, they're not quite on the same level of awful as the three remaining teams, in my opinion. I mean, like, Agreed. there's a few things to like about them. I think Musgrove and Keller as a 1-2 could be okay. The back of the rotation is probably going to be a train wreck. They do have a couple guys who throw pretty hard in the bullpen who could exceed expectations. Nick Birdie's kind of a nice sleeper. Nando started talking about him on uh, the Under the Radar episode on Wednesday. You know, Kyle Crick's still there. Uh, Richard Rodriguez, Michael Felice. It, it could be like an average bullpen. We'll see what happens with Keone Kella. He's away right now. Offense is not at all built for the universal DH. Like, so they're going to have to be sneaky good at run prevention if they're going to do well. Uh, Al and I, I mean, they're not built. They're not built for like a three-man lineup. No, they're they're just they're not built to be <laughs> you know, an, like, like a like a major league <laughs> offense just yet. Yeah, they are not built to be a major league <laughs> offense. That's the that's the right way to say. They it. have two players. <laughs> if if Gregory Polanco is not in the lineup, they probably have two players who are going to be above average hitters in terms of WRC plus. I think it's just Josh Bell and Brian Reynolds. I don't see anybody else mm-hmm. meeting that level. There's a few younger players. I've talked about Cole Tucker. I think Al's talked about Cole Tucker. They got to play him. They play him at second base. Have to, yeah. Move Adam Frazier Brian around. Hayes. They got to get him Let up. Let Brian Hayes play. Let him see big league mm-hmm. pitching. They could do a few things like that. That gives them a slight nudge. I think the difference between the Pirates and the rest of the teams left, the Pirates are at least trying. Like Even though their team isn't good, they're not actively <laughs> punting either. So I think that's the slight little nudge for me to take them. Of the three remaining teams, Royals, Tigers, and Orioles, I, I got to get Franchi exposure here. I'm going to probably miss out on him because everyone's going to draft him ahead of me now in the late rounds of drafts. The Royals have two wins projected above the Tigers in this over-under number here. So I'm going Royals for the last spot. Um, again, kind of in the Pirates mold. You know, they're bad, but they're trying. And the Orioles are not. Um, the Tigers, I think, are going to hold back on a lot of their young pitching. Otherwise, I would like the Tigers. I would think the Tigers are pretty fun in a season like this. But I just have no confidence in their ability to uh, let more than like Tarek Skubal pitch in the big leagues. I don't think we're going to see Mize. I don't mm-hmm. think we're going to see Manning. And that's really unfortunate because they'd be a really great team just to watch from a pitching perspective. And they've got a few dangerous hitters in their lineup, but uh, edge to the Royals for me. Yeah, I think that's the right play. I think the Tigers and the Orioles are clearly the two worst teams in the majors. Um, and hey, Franchi Cordero, guy who we all love in the fantasy world. Now you get a little bit of exposure to him. So Nothing wrong with that. Al, you're going to have to suffer with the uh, Baltimore Orioles because I'm going to take the Tigers ah. here. Um, I mean, there's just – look, there's really nothing to like about either of these teams. Uh, <laughs> if we if we look at Detroit, though, I, I like that Nico Goodrum's going to be in the lineup every single day. Miguel Cabrera still has something left in the tank. C.J. Crone can hit for some power. Maybe you get a bounce back year out of Jonathan Scope. Uh, Cameron Mabin is a fine – choice with the leadoff spot. I hope they get Victor Reyes a little bit more involved this year. I could see him being an everyday player. Love Matthew Boyd. Think he could be maybe not a true ace. Let me say definitely not a true ace, uh, but I think he could be a really good, you know, he's their number one, but I think if we look at the, you know, the whole range of pitchers in the majors, I think he could be a true number two guy. I think he could be one of the 20 to 25 best starters in the majors. And then maybe they surprise us with the young guys. Maybe they give us a little bit of something to cheer for, especially after, you know, the 20, 25 game mark or so. Uh, but this is just, you know, it's crazy to say that the Tigers are a quote easy pick, but I mean, Baltimore is so bad, right? Like, but it's, it's for sure possible that Baltimore goes like 15 and 45, especially when you consider that they've got 10 with the Yankees, 10 with the Rays, 
I assume the Nationals are their rival, right? So they've got six with the Nationals. Like that, I mean, they could go 15 and 45. It could be a really, really bad year for the Orioles. So uh, I'll round it out with the Tigers. And Al, you can say something nice about the Orioles if you want to. Brandon (laughs) Hyde, people love Brandon Hyde. You've got him running the show in Baltimore. That's true. That's true. I just, you know, I'm bummed out more just that uh, I'm now shut out of the AL Central. You know, I was hoping the Tigers would fall. But, uh, yeah, I was thinking about Wade LeBlanc yesterday, and that's probably not a statement many people can make. <laughs> I was thinking, I was just, I was sitting around on the veranda thinking about Wade LeBlanc. Yeah, you know, and I, I'm kind of rooting for him to be, you know, this generation's Jamie Moyer. You know, maybe he goes into his late 30s, early 40s, and just uh, finesses his way to a surprisingly good career. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to do, so trying to finesse my way to a good career. Yeah. That surprisingly good career, you mean, starts this year, right? No offense, yes. Wade. <laughs> yeah, he had, he, had a good, he had a good year with the Mariners a couple years ago. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's just fun. S- yeah, Asher, Asher uh, Wojciechowski is somewhat intriguing. John Means. Gotta like John Means. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know loves John Means, so you got that you go. on your side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's about just, it. Though. I'm happy we have a, I'm happy we have a means in the in the sports world. We, we've been missing one after Natron all those years ago with the Chargers. If uh, Dietrich with... Ends could just become fantasy relevant, then you got yourself a team name. <laughs> well played, well yeah, played. Uh, yeah, all right, that is very good. Well, we've got it in the uh, books. We did it. We got through it. Let's let's run them down. Let's run down all of our our squads here. All right, uh, I've got well. I'll just go through all of them. Al's got the Dodgers, Astros, Nationals, Reds, Padres, Cardinals, Jays, Giants, Marlins, and Orioles. I love those. I love those first five for Al. I guess we should love everyone's first five, but <laughs> right. Dodgers, Astros, Nats, Reds, Padres. That is that's cute. That's very nice. Yeah, Beller's got the Yankees, Braves, Indians, Cubs, Angels, White Sox, Mets, Red Sox, Mariners, Tigers. Teams that spend like crazy. Let's do it. And I've got the Twins, Rays, A's, D-backs, Brewers, Phillies, Rangers, Rockies, Pirates, Royals. I have, like, all the frugal teams. Like, the Phillies are the only team <laughs> I have that spend a lot of money. So, uh, just a very... You really do. It's funny how that happened. We didn't, like, I mean, we didn't set out to make that happen, but it really did happen like that. No, but, like, early I was valuing creativity and versatility and just thinking about ways teams are going to use players and those lower spending teams tend to do that already. So I just, mm-hmm. I, I guess that played into what I was hoping to do all in all. I think this is going to be fun. I think it's going to be pretty balanced. And I would guess most people are going to look at those lists and say, I'm an underdog. Like that's just the snap reaction to the fact that you guys have more of the marquee franchises in the league. I think that's, that's going to be, it's going to be Al versus Beller in the minds of most people. And then like 5% of people who vote on this would say, <laughs> Oh yeah, DVR is going to win. And those are going to be like Rays fans. We'll put out a poll for sure. We'll put out a poll. So look for that from uh, the athletic FS uh, handle. But uh, I think Al's going to be the overwhelming vote getter in that. I don't know. I don't know about that. And you've got uh, the Dodgers and the two teams that played in the World Series last year. Yeah, I think I think the recency bias especially is going to favor you mm-hmm. in the voting. But uh, this was fun. This was a, a good exercise to get ready for the season. Hopefully, everybody out there enjoyed it as uh, we use it to launch into some thoughts about various players. I'm excited that we have Fab coming up this weekend, and with that, yeah. we uh, we have the return of our waiver episode on Sunday morning. Beller and I'll be on for that. Uh, every weekday, you probably listen already, Fantasy Baseball in 15, Al Melchior, of course, the lead host, Al Melchior BB on Twitter, if you want to give him a follow. 
Beller's at M. Beller. I'm at Derek Van Riper. If you got waiver players you want us to discuss on really either of those shows, I think some of the Monday Fantasy Baseball and 15s will feature a little waiver talk as well. Hit us up on Twitter. We'll be sure to get to those players uh, on those episodes. That is going to do it for today's episode of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast. If you don't already have a subscription to The Athletic, you can get one at 40% off at theathletic.com slash podcast. For Michael Beller and El Melchior, I'm Derek Van Riper. The Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast returns on Sunday. Have a great weekend. Thank you.